It's Sunday, September 24th, 2006. You're listening to the Eyes Right Podcast, this time with Wesley Fryer, podcasting from Edmond, Oklahoma. Good evening, or I guess afternoon, really, here in Edmond, Oklahoma, and welcome to another episode of the Eyes Right Podcast. I'd like to thank Dean Shuresky for posting a podcast here this last week, and, you know, my hope for this blog and podcast is really that it's just going to be an opportunity for a lot of different folks to share reflections, ideas, really snippets from their lives as they um, and we are all on our own journeys of faith. Uh, That music that was introducing the podcast was again Enter the Mystery by Michael Popenhagen, which I found on the Podsafe Music Network. I want to be true to attribution copyright with the Creative Commons by giving him credit for that. This podcast is actually a recording from last week, and this was a sermon that was shared by... Leo Weidman, who is one of our associate pastors here in Edmond, and the topic of his sermon on Sunday, September 17th, was Get Behind Me, Satan. Now, I came, or I guess I was raised, in a church where we didn't talk a lot about the devil and Satan, uh, and talk a lot about spiritual warfare. I know in some traditions, those things are discussed quite a bit. But growing up, it really wasn't talked a lot about. But I really, as I have deepened in my own faith as a Christian and studied God's Word, you know, you can't miss the fact that there's spiritual warfare that is happening all around us. And so um, this particular passage is from the Gospel of Matthew in the 16th chapter. And I apologize that I actually started recording just a little bit after Leo started talking. So I will, in the podcast show notes, put a link to the full passage from Matthew 16, if you want to refer to that electronically. But hopefully this will be a message that will give you some insight into thinking about how Each one of us really have to weigh the choices and the statements and the percept, I guess the uh, the things we say every day, the choices that we make, uh, and try and make sure that those choices are causing us to focus on the Lord and focus on Christ rather than focus on the world, or as Leo points out, oftentimes focus on ourselves. Because a lot of times, I think what the enemy wants us to do is is focus on ourselves. Look in a mirror, as Leo talks about in this sermon. Instead of looking out at the the world and the needs that are in the world and the calling that we have to be servants within the world. So hope this is of value to you and I wish God's blessing for you wherever you may be this day as you listen to this podcast. Who do you say that I am? Peter answered, 
you are the Messiah. Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world yet forfeit his soul? What can a man give in exchange for his soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, may I decrease and may you increase. May the words of my mouth and meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. It wasn't quite ten years ago that I was playing golf with John Gruel and a friend of ours, Greg Davidson. We were playing Lions Club, our Lions Municipal Golf Club in Austin, and about the second hole... Greg takes a powerful swing off the tee box. In fact, it was so powerful, he sheared the glue off the bottom of his shoe so that the spikes stayed in the grass. And he walked around with a soggy foot. His drive didn't go very far. He had a wicked slice and, and was nursing that all day. But it made us laugh. It gave us pause. Now, he got up to the green on that hole, and, and he didn't quite make par, but I, 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 sure wish, I sure wish that he had because of what he said. He says, what does it profit a man to gain par and yet lose his soul? <laughs> I turned that into the Reader's Digest. They didn't like it very much and didn't give me the rebate. But, but that is a true story, and one that I have carried with me to this day. As I read this scripture, I want you to get your Bibles out if you brought them. And if you haven't brought them, I want you to encourage, I want to encourage you to bring your Bible, not the one that's in front of you, because I'd like for you to take notes in it. God has some instruction for us today. It's important that you take notes so that you can refer to that when you are called upon to read the scripture again. The big question is, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus, and what does that mean? Of course, he takes the poll. Who do the, who do the people say that I am? Well, they, they think he might be Elijah reincarnated, or maybe John the Baptist. He just lost his head not long ago, and maybe his spirit is resting on you. Maybe you're one of the prophets to come back and, and talk to us. Jesus doesn't really take much credit 
of those responses. He, he doesn't, doesn't place much emphasis on those. He says, what really matters is, is who do you say that I am? And Peter, bless his heart, he, he gives the good answer, doesn't he? He says, you're the Messiah. You're the Christ. You are the anointed one. In other Gospels, Jesus praises Peter. Blessed are you. For this was not revealed to you by men, but, but by God above. Jesus is the Messiah. Peter gives him the right answer. And almost in the same breath, after Jesus has explained what Messiah means. Messiah means suffering. Messiah means death. And Messiah means resurrection to eternal life. Jesus is rebuked by Peter. In the same breath, you are Messiah. He was, he was waiting to, to butt in as Jesus was, was saying what Messiah really meant. And he said, no, that will never happen. Not on my watch. And what does Jesus say to Peter? Get behind me, Satan. Peter gave a good confession. But he didn't have the right spirit. He didn't have complete understanding of what Messiah meant. You see, Jesus, Peter's Jesus, is not the suffering Jesus, is not the victorious Jesus over death. It was the Jesus of Peter's own mind and his will. And so at the same time, Peter can be both friend and adversary. Get behind me, Satan. You don't have the things of God in mind, but the things of men. See, the problem is that Satan, the adversary, our enemy, wants to have power over every aspect of your walk with God. He wants power over every aspect of your life. He wants power over your mind over your emotion, your spirit. He wants power over your body. And he'll do whatever it takes to get it. Ever so subtly. Perhaps turning you just 10 degrees off course. He wants us to be self-centered instead of God-centered. And so he clouds our mind with things that are not true. Amen? Amen. Mm. You see, Jesus wants to be at the forefront. And we need to be looking right at his eyes. But what does Satan put up? He stands right in front of us, but we can't see him. Do you know why? Because he's got a mirror. <laughs> and as we look into that mirror, we don't see Jesus. We don't even see Satan. We see ourselves. And he has tricked us into being self-centered in our minds. What does that do? When you're self-centered in your mind, you're self-centered in your emotions. Rightly or wrongly. You are either at one extreme or the other. Perhaps you are full of self-love. Taking care of number one. 
Or perhaps you're full of self-hate, some self-deprecation, some, some loathing. Neither is biblical, and neither is what God has, has put toward us. We're, we're full sometimes of power and pride, and sometimes we're, we're full of shame. We have our own love and our own hates instead of those of the Lord. Satan wants power over your body. At the two extremes are rest and activity. He either wants you to just to kick up your heels and just be as lazy as you can be. And I've been there. And it's fun. It is my sin of choice. I love to be lazy. Until I pick up the scriptures and I read that verse, a little, a little rest, a little sleep, a little folding of the hands, and poverty shall come upon you like a bandit. <laughs> then I get off the couch, turn off the television. <laughs> the other extreme is activity. Working hard, the workaholics that are working and working and working and even serving and just running around doing, 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 doing. Satan tricks us into thinking that all that is good for us and profitable. For us. And the problem with that thinking is that it's for us. He even twists the scriptures. He will use the scriptures against you as you're staring into that mirror, as he's holding it, standing there besides. He's quoting the word to you. Do you remember when he was quoting it to, to Jesus? He says, Won't you jump off? Isn't it not written that the angels shall guard you? You shall not strike your foot against a stone. This is one of the scriptures in this passage that I think are the most dangerous. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said that part of the Bible that you believe is the part that you obey. And I pray it's not just this one little part that says. Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. That's the part that I obeyed a long time. A long time in my life, I obeyed verse 30. Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. Raise your hand if you've obeyed that scripture. See, the devil has tricked us into obeying the word of God for the wrong reasons. I was a pastor. For God's sake, I was a pastor. It had never led anyone to Jesus Christ one-on-one. -on -one. And that's sad. And there's a lot of us out there. Until I began to pray about that very thing because there was a guilt upon me. Not the sense of guilt that we put upon ourselves that we don't deserve, but a true guilt that I was not doing what God called me to do. So I, I just prayed to God. I said, Lord, help me. Because I really want to speak your name boldly. Not just from a pulpit, which is easy. But with someone face to face, heart to heart. Maybe one of my friends. And God answered that prayer, friends. I'm so glad you said that today, Dick. That God answers prayer. And he does. Because the phone call 
Or the phone rang, and it was our uh, executive presbyter on the phone, and he says, I want you to preach the gospel at this conference we're having for pastors and their spouses. And at first I thought, hmm, they probably need to hear the gospel. <laughs> but I couldn't do it because it was my son's birthday. I hung up the phone, and I was a little, I was a little, I was a little upset that I had said no to when God called. Now, a day had gone by, the phone rang again. He says, well, I've got a better offer for you. I think I want you to spread the gospel in Uganda, Africa. But the plane's leaving in a couple of months, and you've got to get a bunch of shots. Are you willing to go? So I said, yes. And friends, that is where I learned how to share the gospel. After you speak to about 100 people one-on-one, you, you get all the butterflies out of your system. There's no more fear. There's no more shame. The freedom comes. And praise the Lord, God answers prayers. Because it changed my life. I want you to turn next to someone, whoever you're sitting next to, and I want you to, I want you to say to them, step aside, Satan. It's hard to do, isn't it? Turn to your neighbor and say, step aside, Satan. Yeah, that's hard. That's hard for two reasons. One is that we don't like addressing our enemy. Number two is we don't like looking at someone we know. I'm not saying that your friend there is your enemy. But that's what the enemy wants you to believe. Now I want you to look right at me and say, step aside, Satan. Step aside, Satan. You're not talking to me. You're talking to the enemy. But as we see each other in our eyes, we're encouraging one another to say, step aside. Because you see, he's holding up the mirror. And you can't see him. But who's standing beside, who's standing behind Satan is Jesus. And Jesus needs to be seen. So we have to tell Satan, step aside. Jesus tells Peter, get behind me, Satan. I have to believe that he was talking to Satan and not Peter. There's a difference between a relationship and a rebuke. And so I don't want you to, I don't want you to be fearful that you don't have permission to tell Satan what to do. You have permission within bounds. You, you can't just order him around. But you can tell him to step aside. I want you to have the freedom to worship. I want you to have the freedom to walk. I want you to have the freedom to work. So, when Satan is in your way, this is what I want you to say. Let me walk. Step aside. Let me worship. Help me out. Step aside. Let me work. Step aside. In the name of Jesus, let me learn. Step aside. Let me love. Step aside. Let me live. Step aside. Receive the teaching that Jesus gives in answer to this predicament. And this is the teaching. He tells us five things. I consider this retraining because we have to unlearn what we have learned. First thing he says 
in a roundabout sort of way is have the things of God in mind. He tells Peter after this rebuke, he says, you don't have the things of God in mind. You have the things of men in mind. And so have the things of God in mind. How do you have the things of God in your mind? You got to fill your mind, folks. You got to fill your mind with the word of God. Because this right here is what's on God's mind. I would suggest you you read the book of Proverbs. Most people don't start there. They try to get you to read one of the Gospels or one of the Epistles. But I would suggest the book of Proverbs because it's got 31 chapters. And folks, you can read one chapter every day of the month. And in that book of Proverbs is wisdom, is the fear of the Lord. It addresses almost every sin you wrestle with. And it's a good start to know the mind of God. Number two, Jesus says to deny yourself, take up the cross, and follow him. Now this is at the heart of our pride, because we don't like to deny ourselves anything. I tried fasting once, and and that's not fun, folks. Fasting is not fun. I like to eat. I don't like to deny my body anything. But when you deny yourself, you are opening yourself up to be filled by the Lord. Amen? Amen. Deny yourself. Follow Jesus. But don't just follow Jesus to the grave. Don't just follow Jesus through all the suffering, but follow Him all the way. Follow Him all the way to the resurrection so that you can have victory and power that Satan cannot give you. three, we must lose our life for the gospel in order to save it. Reminded by the other teaching that Jesus has given to us, seek first the kingdom of God, and then all of these things shall be added unto you. All of these things that we continually chase after. If you lose yourself, not just for the sake of losing yourself, Jesus says, lose your life. Lose yourself for the sake of the gospel. Lose yourself for the sake of Jesus. And you shall have life. Number four, kind of what we talked about at the beginning, there is nothing that you can gain. There's nothing that you can gain in order to save yourself. And we as Christians know that, that Jesus paid it all, but we as Americans don't always know that because we get and we get and we're consuming and amassing this wealth and stuff, hoping to be satisfied. And God is saying, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his soul? And the flip side of, of gaining the whole world is giving, giving everything. What can a man give in exchange for his soul? He gives both extremes. I'm going to try to get all I want. I'll even give it all away. What can you give in exchange for your soul? The answer is nothing. Realizing that only Jesus enables us to receive grace. And only Jesus enables enables us to share that grace. And the last point of the teaching today is to be not ashamed. Of Jesus and his word. 
this is where I was for so long. I didn't, I didn't recognize that I was ashamed, but I was ashamed. Not ashamed of the power of the gospel. I was afraid. I didn't take to heart what God had told me to do. That is to preach the word. Romans chapter 1 verse 16 says, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God. It is the power of God. And that is what Jesus longs to give you. Jesus wants you to receive power from on high. In fact, after the resurrection, he has the disciples gathered together. And he says, I want you to wait. Wait for me. Because you're about to receive power from on high. And we all know that day of Pentecost, power came in the form of the Holy Spirit. And filled those disciples up so that now you know the Lord. Because of the power that was received. And so, as you tell Satan to step aside from every aspect of your life, mind, body, spirit, as you look at Jesus, I pray that you would receive power from on high. Power to resist Satan. Power to rise above the sin, the sadness, and the death that so plagues us as human beings. And power to receive the gifts that God wants to give you. Because you see, once Satan steps aside, Jesus is right there with a big smile on his face. And he's got gifts in his hands. He'd been there the whole time. You just couldn't see it. Receive power that gives faith. Receive, receive power that, that helps you to follow. And receive power that places God first. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for helping us to understand what you long to give us. Not only a life that is dedicated to you, but a life eternal that begins right now. So Lord, I ask you to help every fear Every ounce of pride, every self-humiliating thought to be removed, Lord, we say, step aside, Satan. In the name of Jesus, we pray that we would follow you. In the name of Jesus, we pray that we would have your things in mind. ourselves for the sake of the gospel. Lord, be with us today. Be with us as we hear your word. Lord, as the seeds have been planted and as we, as we scatter seeds outside of this place, help us to be the answer to many prayers, even our own. Allow us to be filled with your Holy Spirit that we may comfort those who are sick, who are dying, who are grieving. Lord, we pray that you would bless us so that we can be a blessing to others. Father, we don't know what's going to happen in the future, but we know that you hold the future. So, Lord, as this world 
war is fighting, we pray for peace to come. Your peace. Lord, we pray for those that are in danger and harm's way to receive protection from your grace, from your angels. Lord, we thank you for the many blessings that you've given us. We give you the glory. It is not our own doing, but it is the gift of God. In your name we pray. Amen. Podcasts are independently produced and syndicated for a global audience under a Creative Commons attribution only license. It is our hope that you will continue to pursue after God and to seek to know His Son, Jesus Christ. Learn more on our website at eyesright.speedofcreativity.org.